Hello, Four Star Nation, and welcome to a special Sunday interview edition. Two gentlemen who have joined us today. Thank you very much. First one, I'll let you go ahead and introduce him. What's that, Wes? You're breaking up a little bit. Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead and introduce, uh, I'm sorry, introduce Daniel. Okay, the first guest that we have is a, a Barlett High School graduate and Barlett High School current wrestling coach in Daniel Longo. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Man, it's been a fun 16 years I've known you so far, man. I know. It's it's <laughs> crazy to think that it's been that long. And uh, up next, we've got a guy that I have uh, feel like I've been watching my entire life. Uh, one, Mr. Dustin Starr, uh, former uh, – well, he's. I guess you're still actively wrestling. Are you or are you not? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, he uh, formerly of uh, Power Pro Wrestling uh, was a little bit in the USWA days. I think that's where he really got his start. Uh, I know you did some ring. Uh, uh, you were on the ring crew and things like that. But he is actually bringing back Memphis wrestling to Memphis. Uh, uh, so we got him on the show today to kind of get that uh, get that hype, get that energy behind Memphis wrestling. Thank you very much for being on the show with us, Dustin. Hey, thanks for the invite. And man, it's been a long time. From setting up the rings back at TV5 and then to now, I never knew that I would really, all the stuff that I learned around me, I would put to use one day like this. And then also it's cool to meet Coach because, you know, amateur wrestling and professional wrestling, they kind of go hand in hand, man. This is cool. Thanks. Not a problem. Go ahead, John. Daniel, my first question is for you. Um, talk about when you were being a wrestler for Bar High School – to compare to what it is now? Oh, man, it's um, uh, honestly Bartlett High School is finally starting to recognize uh, the wrestling program and, and all the elite athletes that are really coming out of it. Uh, we've had we've had a program since 1989 um, and then all the way, you know, I wrestled in the early 2000s and for, you know, that 15 plus time, 15 years, we'd only had a few state medalists and, you know, we kind of got shoved in the old West gym in the back corner of the school. And uh, so now just in the nine years that I've been there, we've had nine state medalists. We, we had a, a, a young lady actually last year won the state title as a freshman. Um, we have three current wrestlers that are ranked in the top six in the state. Um, we have our region tournament this, uh, this coming Wednesday and we'll see how many of them will advance to the state tournament this year. Um, some pretty high expectations, and I've been working with the, the the construction company, the architects, and stuff like that, trying to put together a new practice facility for us. And you know, we, we've really kind of come from um, kind of a second class sport to really being in the forefront. Uh, Daniel, when you look at Bartlett, uh, when you look at Bartlett High School, it's funny that you mentioned the West Gym. Uh, I was there my freshman year of high school, and that was just – you just mentioned the West Gym, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> um, so what is it like to uh, – what is it like to re to be a wrestling coach and then have sports like football that are not – you know, that are not as active? So you're, you're, you're missing out on, on a lot of that booster money. Talk a little bit about this, the, 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 the struggle of being a smaller – uh, coach. It is. Um, you know, wrestling is not exactly um, a very popular sport in this part of the country. In fact, Memphis itself, like the, the Shelby metro area, we're kind of an island of wrestling. Uh, there's about 20 teams in this area. And then outside of the, this, you know, 
Shelby County, Tipton County, you really have to drive about two hours in any direction to find another team. Like there's no team in Jackson or anything like that. So you have to go all the way to Nashville or you have to go all the way up to Kentucky or you have to go out to Little Rock to really find another team. So it's um, it, it is kind of a struggle, really, you know, drawing in a crowd and things like that and really being able to raise money. Uh, thankfully, for uh, for about three years, CarMax was a big benefactor benefactor of our program. And over those three years, they donated over thirty thousand dollars to us, which helped us wow. two new Mac, wow. three scoreboards, a lot yeah. of wrestling supplies. Um, so wrestling is one of those sports. It's kind of expensive to start up. But once you get the base materials, then it's, you, you know, you can kind of put it on cruise control. And so I know when I first took over the program, uh, we were still rocking a mat that was from 1989 and then a mat from 2007. <laughs> this was 2012 when I got to Bartlett uh, wow. as coach. And then, uh, you know, our kids, our warmups were just a gray T-shirt that said Bartlett Wrestling, gray sweatpants, gray hoodie. And, you know, it was my, my philosophy wow. that when I got there, you know, you can only look second class for so long before you start to act second class. And so that's been one of my big things yeah. is trying to build the program up, build the, the, the facilities up, the, the materials, and just give the kids the things that they feel like they deserve. Because once you start looking good, you're going to start performing well too. Wow. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Mr. Dustin Starr, you're next, buddy. My next question will be for you. Talk about your background for our listeners. Well, first, uh, Coach, I, I thought you were talking about pro wrestling for a while there because <laughs> at certain events and at certain in certain circles, there are people that, that look kind of down on pro wrestling, although it's extremely fun. And, for instance, WWE just sold exclusive rights to their content to NBC for $1 billion. So, like, it's a big, big thing, just like amateur wrestling is a big thing in, in certain areas. I didn't have the luxury of wrestling on a wrestling team because my high school did not have amateur wrestling. Had they had amateur wrestling, I would have done that. And that would have been my gateway into the world of professional wrestling. But I born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. We went to uh, South Coliseum every Monday night. We were glued to the television, just like you guys said earlier, before we got on here watching Saturday morning championship wrestling. And so that's that was my thing. So one day I was 15 years old. That's all I wanted to do. There was no question of doing anything else. Um, I called the TV station. They passed me along to the promoter at the time. I called that number. I didn't even realize who it was. And when I when I got off the phone or before I got off the phone, I said, who is this? And he said it was Randy Hales. And I said, hey, I watch you on TV. And he kind of left, you know, yeah. it was just like me. I was fanboying a little bit. And so anyways, I made that call. My mom had to drive me to Jericho, Arkansas, meet with the outlaw Don Bass. And then uh, I started training at age 15. And when I was finally allowed to wrestle, I worked with Power Pro Wrestling and uh, the WWE developmental system was there at the time. So, you know, you're working with all the guys that you grew up idolizing. And then you fast forward. I've been doing it nearly 25 years now. Uh, we do pro wrestling, you know, Grind City Wrestling Night at the Memphis Grizzlies. The Redbirds have a wrestling night. And fortunately, we've been able to help them put those together and promote those events. And uh, two years ago, we launched our championship wrestling presented by Pro Shingle um, Saturdays at noon. And then now we're one week away from our very first Memphis Wrestling TV tapings. So started off just being a wrestling fan and loving Memphis wrestling. And then all these years later, it's just 
I, I don't even know if it's like a bucket list or dream come true because I just never thought. I knew that I was going to be a wrestler, and that was kind of it. So here we are. <laughs> Is that how you met Maria? Uh, <laughs> actually, very close. Very close. So I was going to um, say, I, I think I think that was had something to do with it, didn't it? Didn't, didn't wrestling kind of well, bring you all together? Sports did, and then wrestling probably brought us closer together. So – in 2010, I did sign WWE developmental contract, and so I moved out to Tampa. And when I came back, I was emceeing for the local hockey team. And uh, a lady that I worked with had her friend there. And I said, hey, who's your friend? And she said, uh, that's Maria. And I said, is she single? And she's like, yes. And I said, right back. <laughs> and I went up and talked to her. And a funny story is uh, the first time Maria ever like came to the ring with me or was active with pro wrestling, uh, she just came to the locker room. She's like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe the things that they called me out there. And I said, that means you were doing a great job because we were the bad guys. And she's like, yeah, but this little girl flipped me off. And she was just telling me stories. And I said, they love you. <laughs> so it took a little bit to get used to. But uh, I think Maria was the missing piece to like the, the wrestling for me anyways. I just felt like that kind of, you know, and now we're business partners. So. I gotta, I gotta walk on a thin line there, you know. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dustin, talk a little bit about uh, just the passion to bring Memphis wrestling back home to Memphis. Well, we haven't had a wrestling television program in over fifteen years, and with the tradition and the heritage and history of Memphis wrestling, I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies even had championship medallions on their their city edition uniforms a couple of years ago. That's how big, you know, in honor of Memphis wrestling. So it's, it's literally in the DNA of Memphis. But why wasn't it on television? It's really hard to do. It's extremely hard to do the cost of television, the cost of production, the insurance, the studios have changed now to where you can't necessarily be inside of a studio. They don't want the insurance liabilities. A lot has changed not only in the last 15 years, but then in the last, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And so, um, yeah, there was a lot of lot of moving parts to make that happen, but uh, we've partnered up with the United Wrestling Network that's been in business for over 10 years with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. We've also partnered with uh, Mark King and 85 Creative. Now, Mark King does a lot of the production for uh, 901 FC Soccer, Redbirds Baseball. The camera guys actually work for the Memphis Grizzlies and shoot NBA basketball. So I feel like it's the best of – Memphis sports teaming with the best of independent pro wrestling, combining the two, and doing uh, doing something that I feel like has never been done before because the technology is so new and different now than it was that we shot 15 years ago. So it should be something fresh and, and new, and we're extremely excited about it. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, Dustin. Uh, um, I know in today's wrestling they have writers. You know, you know where I'm going with that. Uh, let me ask you this: I mean, are y'all gonna have like, I mean, are y'all gonna do like, like long story booking, or I mean, this is just the oh, wrestling yeah. nut coming out at me. I mean, are y'all gonna do like short term or more Memphis style, which is long term booking? Oh no, it'll be as Memphis as we possibly can get it. Um, for example, Coach Longo, we'd love to have him at ringside. We'd love to have the high school team out there. Yeah. Um, you know, Pops Barbecue is going to be served in the uh, in the in the building there. So, you know, they have 52 years in Memphis, 16 locations. 
three guys pizza pies another so everything from from the concessions to the businesses that we work with the the trophy that we had made for our first tournament that we're going to do was made in memphis uh the championship belts that we have were designed by a memphis artist and i grew up on memphis wrestling man so we're not going to have this big elaborate writing team and all this stuff. I mean, we're going to use real life Memphis stuff and build these storylines and get these characters over because really everybody's new. Even the Derek Kings and Alan Steeles that we talked about earlier, they're going to be new. They haven't actually had that television exposure in 15 years. So everything that we present will, will be fresh and new. And then it's just to get you guys to buy into the characters that we have, you know, and the stories. So yeah, that's very important. Daniel, you're going to be in a ring with that guy right there one day. Don't forget. <laughs> oh, we'll be a team. We'll be a team. Yeah, there you go. No. <laughs> Daniel, my next question is for you. Uh, how many years has it been for girls wrestling now as uh, in, the t- in the Tennessee state? Okay. Um, so uh, girls wrestling, first of all, it's the, it's the fastest growing sport in the nation. Uh, Tennessee is actually one of the forerunners in girls wrestling. Um, I believe the last count, there was only eight states uh, in the country that have a girls sanctioned state tournament. Now, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've been coaching at Bartlett for nine years. And uh, ever since my very first year at Bartlett, I've had a girl on the team. Now, the problem that they run into is because, like I said, Memphis is like this little island of wrestling. Um, and there's no teams, you know, within a two hour drive in direction that you're kind of limited to just the girls here unless you can afford to travel pretty often. And girls have to make a tough decision. They can choose to wrestle in the girls only division or they can wrestle in the open division, which is 99.9% boys. The problem is right. as soon as they wrestle one boy, they are disqualified from the girls division for the rest of the year, including the girls state championship. Oh, man. In my opinion, what? what? Yeah, it's pretty messed up. And so, yeah. um, my first several years at Bartlett, you know, we would have one girl on the team, and they always chose to wrestle in the boys' division. And you can only imagine, you know, how well that goes um, having to wrestle, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old boys. Um, so, yeah. this past year, uh, we got a freshman girl in. Believe it or not, we actually got her from the freshman football team. She <laughs> uh, has a background in jujitsu, a fantastic yeah. athlete. And so we picked her up in October after football season. And she was the first girl that ever decided, you know what? I just want to wrestle in the girls only division. And so we had an assistant coach that year that would basically drive her to Nashville all the time. You know, every couple of weekends would take her out there with her mom and um, she would be team Bartlett with just one person. And uh, she, yeah. And every tournament she went to, she would either take first place or second place. And she did really well throughout the year. We get all the way to the state tournament. Uh, she had only lost to one person the whole year. And it was the same girl three times. And then she met the same girl in the state championship and beat the brakes off of her. Um, and she ended up, she was winning by 10 points and pinned her with one second left in the match to become Bartlett's first ever wrestling state. Wow. And so that is awesome. That is at 14 that awesome years old. Story. So uh, <laughs> she's, she's back as a sophomore. Now she's ranked number one in the state. She's actually ranked 15th in the nation. Great. Wow. wow. That is, that is incredibly impressive. I mean, that is, that is just, man, that's awesome. Uh, let me ask you a question real quick, Daniel. Uh, speaking of women's, hmm? 
uh, Stephen A. Smith, uh, we all know who Stephen A. Smith is. He made a uh, statement recently. Uh, yes, we all know who Stephen A. is. Um, he made a statement re recently regarding MMA, uh, MMA, which I know is different from wrestling. But uh, he made a statement about women need to get out of the octagon, which personally I completely disagree with. Uh, I think if you look at the likes of Ronda Rousey, um, and the list goes on and on, but just Ronda Rousey specifically, look at what she did not only in the MMA arena, but Daniel or Dustin in the pro wrestling arena as well. I mean, she was about as over as it gets. Yeah. But uh, what is what is your opinion on uh, MMA? Oh, I mean, it's high school wrestling. I mean, just traditional folk style wrestling. I mean, it, it goes hand in hand with MMA. Most of the, the the high level MMA athletes have a background in wrestling. Uh, you look at Rampage Jackson. I mean, he wrestled for Raleigh Egypt High School, was a, a, a fourth place medalist in the state tournament. And look at the background that he carried in and how dominant he was for so many years. Um, I, I mean, we have people all the time from these MMA studios that will contact high school wrestling coaches and say, hey, can I come in and just learn some grappling and learn some wrestling just to, to help round out their Really? I mean, um, we have a couple of coaches in the area that that's that's kind of almost like their side hustle. They they work with some of these MMA fighters to just get them some of the basics of, of wrestling and grappling. So and then like I was saying, uh, same. Oh. with that, with the, the one girl that we had on our team last year, she's actually helped grow our program. And so this year we actually had four girls on the team. And uh, my goal next year is to have double that to have at least eight and really start growing the program. Um, right now there's only one other girls team in the area and that's Carville high school. And they've got a straight girls program they got 10 girls, they got a, a women's coach. She wrestled in college state champion. She was a national champion in college, uh, phenomenal growing it out there. And then we've seen a few others. Cordova's high schools had a state champion. Kingsbury's had a state champion in girls wrestling. Uh, but unfortunately with Shelby County shutting everything down this year, those programs, you know, I'm hoping they don't fall apart because they've been struggling for a while. Uh, same question for you, Dustin. Uh, when you look at the women's professional wrestling, of course, back in the day we had the Divas, which was not really – it was wrestling, but it wasn't to the caliber we have today. Talk a little bit about women's wrestling uh, and just how popular it has become throughout the years. I think he's on mute. Dustin, I think you're on mute. Yeah, I think yeah. you're on mute, Dustin. Yep, yeah. yep, you're off now. Am I good? <laughs> yeah. Can yeah, you hear me now? now? Go ahead. <laughs> yes, we yeah, can. Just, like Coach was saying uh, about uh, women's wrestlers and um, not necessarily always having a level playing field and all that kind of stuff, the same is true with <clears throat> professional wrestling. Whereas, you know, several years back, it was pillow fights and – just most ridiculous outlandish stuff. And nowadays the women's wrestling is even more popular than the men's wrestling. And one of the things growing up that we never saw in Memphis was a women's division in Memphis wrestling. Right. Honestly, we had Miss Texas for a while, but she didn't really have any other girls to wrestle. So one of the primary things that we're going to be doing and a feature, and it's very, very important to us is to have a women's division. And that doesn't mean we're going to have a pink championship belt. That means they're going to have their own legitimate championship belt. We know we see the ratings. Yeah. We see numbers on YouTube, sometimes even quadrupling the numbers of the men. 
And you mentioned Ronda Rousey. Uh, there was a women's evolution that happened not only in WWE, but all across the board for many years. And then when Ronda Rousey signed, she headlined WrestleMania, which was unheard of, you know, even three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, it was just unheard of. So the women's division is extremely important to us. And, and that doesn't mean as like characters and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking like legitimate professional wrestling. And uh, we will actually have intergender wrestling. And that's another thing that you haven't really seen in Memphis wrestling. Right. It's kind of frowned upon in the South, but it's extremely popular in other places. And so, of course, you have to take into consideration size differential and it has to make sense. But why couldn't we do intergender tag team matches? Why can't we do a man versus a woman? You know, even if there are special rules. It's happening all over the place. And so that's one of the things that we want to be unique about championship wrestling from Memphis is to basically have equal opportunity uh, for everybody and have, have a women's division that's featured just as much as the men. Well, and when you also look at it, uh, sorry, John, when you also look at oh, Memphis wrestling, if you go back to the one, I mean, the, probably the most famous feud ever out of Memphis was Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman. And Andy Kaufman was the inter the inter what was it the intergender Gender world champion, champion, which that's what tied that whole story together. So I mean, it really I really am glad that you're doing that. That's awesome. Well, if you recreate that storyline in today's world, all of our women's wrestlers would wipe the mat with Andy Kaufman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be the new storyline of the of the 2021. But yeah, we we definitely uh, and. <laughs> Funny that we bring that up because um, the the new women's division championship belt is already being created, and uh, I just got the design back from Martheus Wade, who is a local uh, comic book artist, and he's fantastic. But uh, I have some of his artwork hanging in the house, but he just put the finishing touches on the artwork, and we approved it for the the new women's championship. Super excited about that. That's no, awesome. that's go ahead, John. Yeah, that's John. awesome. With, with uh, the high school girls wrestling too. There's uh, some coaches are really, really in favor of it. Um, some coaches, you know, they only want to do it if they can have a separate girls coach and they practice separate from the boys. Um, our philosophy at Bartlett is, is we all practice together. So the, the yeah. four girls that I have on my team this year, I mean, they'll practice with each other, then they'll practice with some of the boys. And, and it's, I mean, they're all mixed in together. And honestly, that's the way I prefer it because it's just going to make everyone better because you see different types of athletes that know different moves can do different things. Some are more flexible than others. And so just mixing them together, in my opinion, is the way to go. Absolutely. Love it. Now, even if we do have to alter rules a little bit or weight classes or something like that, all that's understandable, but in the right story with professional wrestling being a little different than, than amateur wrestling, you can create a storyline to where it makes sense. And you will see that in, if you don't see it at our first round of tapings next Sunday, you'll definitely start seeing it in our second round of tapings, which is on March the 7th. And there's only just a handful of tickets left for that. So if you guys go to championshipwrestlingmemphis.com, they're going to be gone this week because I know that once the excitement hits and people see the product that we have, they're, they're going to want to be there for it. So you'll see that pretty soon in our show too. Dustin, my next question is regarding a WWE question, if you don't mind. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I love WWE. Um, um, you know, with them going to Fox now on Friday nights, you know, instead of basically in the past 
where they used to have tapings on Tuesday that aired on Friday. I mean, it's hard enough where, you know, they're away from their family so much now as well because they're doing all the tapings in Tampa now at uh, where the Rays play their baseball games, you know, whatnot. I mean, are they planning on any time in maybe the near future, maybe going back to Tuesday, do you think? Or are they okay being on Friday night still? Because to me, with the way they're traveling so much as it is and away from their families because of that, you know? Well, the, I think – Or what's their schedule like in the daily routine on a weekly basis? Do you know their weekly routine? They're doing all they're doing all live now. So on Mondays, they have live Monday Night Raw. On um, Wednesdays, they have NXT that's live now head-to-head with, with AEW. And then on Fridays, one of the main things that Fox is most interested in, from what I hear, is them being live. And so, uh, you know, you'll see a little bit of crossover probably today with the Super Bowl. And they get a lot of – you know, the NFL gives them a big rub being with Fox. So that's a that's a major, major thing for them is to be live. But I do expect that they'll have live fans at WrestleMania coming up. I think we're, what, 60 or less, 50-something days away. So I think that'll be the first time that they actually have fans back. Not full capacity like us. We're at 25% capacity, and they're in a stadium. So 25% could be quite a, quite a few people. But um, I do expect right. that uh, – they will start having fans wherever they are in Tampa. And then after that, gosh, I don't even want to put a date on it, but you will see them start traveling again. Okay. They will start traveling again because the NBA is, the NFL did, uh, WWE, even if people laugh about it being phony wrestling, it's still it's still top top of the level, man. You know, So they will start traveling again and selling tickets again. This and is then, amazing. Yeah. You guys like Brock Lesnar come back. You might see a Ronda Rousey come back. They've got The Rock kind of always a partnership or always at an arm's length. So you'll they'll do some big stuff to catch people's attention with this. They've got a lot in their back pocket waiting and ready to go. This is amazing before they started going in Tampa that they would be gone like seven days a week, it seemed like, away from their families. And the only way they would spend their time with their families would be on the weekends and whatnot as well, you know? Yeah, and then they would fly to the next city or wherever they were going as well. That's that's typical though. I mean, you only have yeah. uh, so many bumps you can take. So they they call it your bump card. You know, wrestling you take a lot of bumps. There's only so many that your body's going to be able to take. So you know, usually when you're around uh, 40, 45, somewhere around there, you kind of slow down. Uh, Goldberg is like the exception. I mean, he wrestles three times a year, but still looks great. Jerry Lawler's in his seventies and he's still wrestling, but not with WWE. So I'm. Just saying that there is a longevity, but once you're done, just like any other sport, once you're done and there's going to be a time where you're not capable of doing it. So I think what they do is they try to get as much as they can, make as much money as they can, and then start transitioning. And you asked me earlier if I was retired from wrestling. I'm still actively wrestling. It's just there's a transition phase where now I can host and do other things that hurt less, wrestle the occasional match. So you'll see me <laughs> wrestle on the new championship wrestling from Memphis, but it'll be like, in a special storyline situation where myself and Maria will be doing the commentary and hosting. So we'll be actually be calling the matches and you guys grew up watching USWA, you know, somebody's going to come by the desk and they're going to pick a fight <laughs> and I'm going to have to tear this jacket off and whoop somebody. Dustin, when you look at classic Memphis wrestling, and this is my last question for you. Uh, when you look at classic Memphis wrestling, of course, 
the two names that I think of is Lance Russell and Dave Brown. Uh, yes, to sir. me, Lance Russell is by far uh, him, Jim Ross, and Jerry Lawler, and Gordon Soley, to me, are the four greatest ever. Um, in that order, by the way, I believe Lance Russell is the greatest ever. Who are you going – I mean, I know you're doing the commentary, but are you going to try to bring Dave back a little bit as well? Well, it's funny you mentioned <laughs> Sorry, am I giving away secrets? I, I don't want to no. give away secrets, though. We want to have special guests that join us each week. So you'll see some guests, whether it's uh, whether it's Coach or local radio hosts or, you know, guys that I podcast with. Uh, Dave Brown has been mentioned as well. And we have a really good working relationship with Dave Brown. Crew Shingle is our title and presenting sponsor with Championship Wrestling from Memphis. And Dave Brown, we hooked them up to where now he's the spokesperson for Crew Shingle. So it's absolutely okay, cool. realistic to have Dave. And that would be bucket list for me, having Dave sit at the desk with us. But I keep joking with Maria and everybody like, what am I going to be Lance Russell or am I going to give my Dave Brown impersonation? Or like I was a big fan of Corey Macklin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Like, what style be? Hey, as long as they don't call you Banana Nose, you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll probably be something to do with my hair. I'm the guy with the hair. <laughs> But, yeah, man, there's big shoes to fill as far as the uh, history of broadcasters in Memphis. You know, Lance Russell, Dave Brown, the King. Uh, I liked I liked Corey Macklin. He was just an animated uh, character. So I got to find my little niche in there somewhere. He's going to bring Michael Cole to Memphis. <laughs> hey, just think about it. When you're watching Michael Cole or Tom Phillips, who, who do the hosting yeah. on Raw, they never say uh, they never say um, they rarely stumble over any other words. Monday Night Raw is three hours live and they don't mess up any. So it's like, oh my gosh, like they woo. have no net. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's, especially, I mean, like starting to do, do this show, it really taught me and John, like, wow. I mean, you, you make so many little mistakes that you don't even realize you make, but go ahead. Those guys are like flawless, though, you yeah. know, or if you. You see guys in the ring cutting their promos. Like recently, I was been super impressed with Alexa Bliss. One of the hardest things to do is whether you're standing in the center of FedEx Forum at the Grizzlies game or in the center of the ring with a camera in your face, and you got to cut a promo or do a pro promotion or something, and you've got to hit the nail right on the head because everybody's looking at you. That is like the hardest thing to do. And those broadcasters and and the guys that are currently working on our show each week, they do such a good job. That uh, I would I would be lying if I didn't say I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> You'll do great. It's okay. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Dustin, uh, here's, or not Dustin, uh, Daniel. Here's a question for you. Okay. How has how has how has COVID really impacted high school wrestling? Like, I know they they get tested positive. I mean, do they get tested po like results, or do they get tested like the day of the match? Or the day before, or how do they? How does that work for your wrestlers? We can't require anybody to get tested. Um, so we have our own safety protocols, and where you know I have to check their temperatures every day at practice, go through the the whole gambit of questions, and making sure that they're good to go. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, we have had a couple times this year where the program has had to, to to quarantine because it was whether someone on the team tested positive or a family member or something like that. 
Um, but it, it has, has really affected the team this year. It, it's affected us in our numbers. We have some elite athletes that were on our program last year who they didn't come back this year because of their concerns. I mean, we're talking about guys that, that would have been state medalists, potentially state champions, not participating this year. Uh, and because of COVID, you, you know, Shelby County Schools shut down all their athletics this year and all those programs. I mean, there's some elite athletes with some of those programs that, you know, unfortunately, they may be seniors and they're losing out on scholarship monies and, and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, I know one precaution that we're taking right now because our region tournament is just in a couple of days and we're hosting it. And if, if one person on our team were to test positive, it could shut our whole program down and that's the end of the season. So I've had to be very creative in our practices. And so what I've done is I've, I've kind of separated the mats and just put a couple strips here and then six foot space and then a couple strips and a six foot space. And I just put two to three kids in like almost like little pods. So that way, if someone were to get sick, it would only affect that small group and not the whole program. So, like I said, we've got to be creative with some of the things that we've done. And, you know, unfortunately with, with all the COVID stuff, we can only have so many spectators in the building. And, you know, it's, um, it's always kind of tough uh, performing, uh, especially any sort of athletic activity to a small crowd or, you know, or to, to people not cheering you on and, and stuff like that. It gets tough. It gets really, really tough. Has any colleges have reached out to any wrestlers at all in the last couple of years for Barlett? Oh, we've had, we've had several that have, that have, uh, wrestled in college. We have a CJ Kara. He just graduated from, um, um, oh gosh, Williams Baptist college in Arkansas. He just was a four year wrestler out there. One of my former heavyweights, Cameron Oliver, he wrestles for university of the Ozarks. Uh, it's a D three program. I mean, he's looking really good. I've, we've had probably six or seven that have uh, gone on to wrestle in college in the past few years. Um, I, I've oh, got, awesome. yeah, I mean, I've got college coaches calling me already about the girl wrestler that I have and, and including a couple others and, you know, they're, they're not even seniors yet. <laughs> Dustin, have you seen the comments that we have? Yeah. I put that comment up there so Dustin would see it. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> I, I, do, I do agree a little bit with the Goldberg, Jerry Lawler comment. Um, a, a little bit. I feel like Goldberg is in a is in a condition that's unlike any other fifty three year old or whatever. So that's a little bit different. Um, the other has heart conditions and stuff like that. So you know that's just what. No matter how, how old you are, that kind of factors in. This one says, uh, hopefully, someone Dustin <coughs> sees this <laughs> and at least give you an interview. Who do I need to give an interview to? This guy named Michael Fury. Okay. Michael Fury is his name. There you go. There's his name. You can look him up, Dustin. Y'all can get together. Our show's just bringing people together left and right. <laughs> yeah, I was noticing the comments down there. Also, Coach was talking about the the COVID. You talk about changing the way we do business. Boy, oh, boy. Um, one of the things that we've had to do is, is partner with one of the local uh, DeSoto Family Care Clinic is doing all of our testing. So, it's kind of one of those things where you can't make anybody get tested, like Coach said, but on, on the professional wrestling side of it, if you don't feel like getting the test, then we'll get you on, on one of our shows to where you don't have to, like on, later on down the line. But we are having the crew all take COVID tests. Um, even that morning, we've got a facility set up. And that's something that we've never, ever even thought of having done before. You know, and then also sanitizing the ropes and the mat and stuff after each match. 
all sorts of uh, protocol being put in place or else we wouldn't be able to, you know, to launch the show. Well, I think one, one advantage that wrestling does have is we already have protocol in place of yeah. how clean materials and disinfect and, and mopping mats and skin checks and all that type of stuff. So adding in a few extra steps like, you know, temperature scans and, and asking some some questions and things like that, it, it's not that much more. There was a lot of concern at the beginning of the season of, of could we do this? Because you can't get much more contact than wrestling. Like that, right. that's it. No, right. <laughs> for, uh, for administrators and, and people outside the wrestling world, when I tell them, like, oh, well, we've got special body foam that they put on, puts a protective layer on their skin. They got disinfectant body wipes that we use afterwards. This is stuff that we've been using for the past 10 years, but it, it sounds really good. Um, yeah. And it's still going to help. But I think wrestling was actually in a little bit better place than other sports. I just want to say, Dustin, well, I Dustin appreciate and your- Daniel, real quick. Wes, I got a question. Yeah, I was going to say today question. has been a great interview with both of y'all. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, everyone in the Four Star Sports Show, please take, check out Daniel Longo and the Bartlett Wrestling. Uh, he's got a great thing going there. And also, please check out Dustin Starr and Memphis Wrestling. It'll be back in Memphis, folks. Just hold your breath. A couple weeks and it'll be on. Dustin and Daniel, thank you very much for joining the Four Star Sports Show today. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it, y'all, as always. Thank you, guys. Good to meet you, Coach.